0: Welcome to the Simple Church Podcast, where we're committed to helping you know God, find freedom, discover your purpose, and make a difference. Let's get to today's message. So, all right, well, we're excited to be in this series. Uh, This is week two of this series called Pre-Decide, and uh, I don't know about you, but I don't personally know anybody who makes a plan... To go, to go out and shop for new clothes because they're planning on putting on 40 pounds. You know what would be fun this weekend? Just go buy some new clothes because I plan to not fit these ones any longer. Nobody says that. I don't know anybody who, who sits down at the table with me and says, you know what I'd like to do? I'd like to be bankrupt in the next five years. Yeah. You know what I'm really looking forward to? Ruining my marriage. Gosh, I can't stand her. You know what I would like most? A raging addiction to pornography. <laughs> that sounds really cool. I don't know anybody who says that stuff. I don't know anybody who plans to drift from one another in their marriage. I don't know anybody who plans to do anything that brings themselves harm. I don't know anybody who, is, who has a, a result of their plans for destruction in their lives. They, they, they wind up having to, they do this thing. They plan, I don't know anybody who plans to do these kind of things because most people don't plan to. They they don't plan to. And if you do plan to, what you're going to wind up doing is hiding what you're doing. You're going to wind up lying about it and lying about it some more to cover your tracks. And then you're going to wind up losing trust with all the people around you. And I don't know anybody who plans to wreck their life that way. Do you? I don't know many people. But the chances are good you don't really have a plan to wreck your life. And that's the the good side of the coin. The other side of that coin is is most of us don't have a plan to not wreck our lives. We don't plan to, but we also don't plan not to. We we just don't have a plan in place. So let me review with you real quick how we got here. Last week, we started talking about the power of our decisions, okay? And that for the most part, the quality of your decisions determines the quality of your life. The quality of your decisions determines the quality of your life. In other words, we make our decisions and then our decisions make us. The problem is that we discussed last week is we're not really good decision makers, are we? (laughs) We're pretty bad at it. And we talked about the reasons why we are bad at decision making last week. If you missed that message, please get that message. Take a listen to it. Uh, It will encourage you, even though it may not sound like it would. I promise you it will. But we landed in this place and this idea that there is power... Behind choosing to pre-decide some things in our lives. That there is power in predeciding, that, that we decided that when we are faced with blank, I have predecided to blank. That we are making some decisions, that when we are faced with temptation, when we are faced with difficulty, when we are faced with circumstances that are unfamiliar to us or beyond our grasp, when we're faced with whatever. We are deciding to do some things. And instead of waiting for the moment to get here, instead of waiting for that, that moment to overwhelm us, because those dangerous emotions that are attached to waiting till that moment can overwhelm us and cause us to make bad decisions. We are choosing to predecide our response. We are predeciding who we are going to be by what values we hold in our hearts. And we've got six statements that we pre-decided last week, this is who we are. From a biblical sense, as Christ followers, this is who we are. And we actually gave out these stickers that say, I am, and then all this, the, the, the six pre-decisions around it. If you didn't get one of these and you'd like one, if you'll shoot your hand up, our service host will make sure you get one. So just kind of keep it up high. It's kind of dark in here for them to see. We've got a couple over here and here and here. So if we can get our service host to pass those out quickly. But let's throw the graphic up on the screen as well. Oh, hey, there it is. It's already there. All right. So so there's these, these these things we decided. We said first, I am ready, I am consistent, I am devoted, I am generous, I am faithful, I am a finisher. These are decisions that we are making that are not based on the moments when we feel good. But we're pre-deciding them in advance, and we're deciding that this is how we're going to be for the rest of our lives, no matter what. These decisions we are making are based on our values. And we decide these values in advance because when our values are clear, our decisions are easier. Amen, everybody? When our values are clear, our decisions are easier. So, so that's the review. Let's get into this week's content. So, so, so let me ask you this. How many of you guys have ever given in to temptation? Hands up. And, and anybody who gave in to that temptation on the other side of it, did you, were you just left with regret? Yup, yep. right, that's all of us. Well, you don't need to answer this out loud, but, but why did you give in to that temptation? Have you ever considered that? Why is it you faltered? Why is it you stumbled? Especially if it's something you, you struggle with over and over and over and over again. The simple answer is, we weren't ready. We simply weren't ready. Paul the apostle gives us this warning in First Corinthians sixteen verse thirteen. He says, "Be on your guard." That means be ready. He says, "Stand firm in the faith. Be courageous and be strong." Jesus said in Matthew twenty six forty one, "Watch and pray so that you will not fall into temptation. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak." And because the flesh is often weak, we need to make sure we are utilizing and engaging the power of predeciding. See, we don't have to decide in those moments when it's difficult. the decision has already been made, and we can just step into what we've predecided. We must be on our guard. You say, well, why? Why watch and pray? Why be on our guard? Well, there's two reasons for that. First of all, the devil is coming for you. Some of you are like, well, I don't believe in the devil. That doesn't change his effectiveness in your life. That doesn't change whether or not he is real just because you don't believe in a thing. The devil's coming for you. And he's got a mission. Jesus told us his mission is to steal, kill, destroy. That's his only role. And he wants to steal anything good from your life. He wants to kill, and he wants to destroy. And he's targeted you because you are the apple of God's eye. You are the one that he loves. He's targeted you. There's a war that is going on. Paul said this about Satan in 2 Corinthians 2, verses 9 and 11. He said, I wrote to you so that Satan will not outsmart us, for we are familiar with his evil schemes. See, the enemy's in class. I don't know if you know that or not. Do you know what his subject is? You. He is studying you. He is watching you. He is looking for your vulnerabilities so that he can take advantage of those things. He's looking for those things that trigger you. He's looking for the past traumas and the hurts that are in your life so that he can put his finger on those things and push buttons to get you off your game. He's studying you. He has a mission. Steal, kill, and destroy. The devil's coming for you, so we've got to be ready, okay? devil's coming. That's the first reason to be ready. The second one is, and I don't mean to hurt your feelings when I say this, but you're not as strong as you think. You're just not. You're not as strong as you think. I have had so many conversations with people who just said, well, I can handle it. I can, I, can, I can go to those places. I can go to the club. I can go to this place. I can hang out with that person. I can handle it. I'm fine. No, you can't. You are not as strong as you think. I mean, maybe you are, but it's not likely you are. If I hurt your feelings, I apologize. Kind of. See, Paul gives us a firm warning in Scripture about having an overly confident attitude. He says in 1 Corinthians 10, 12, so if you think you're standing firm, be careful that you don't fall. You think you got it. You think you're good. And so you stay in a place that is dangerous. You stay in a place of temptation around people that are doing that thing that you used to do, that thing that you used to smoke, that thing that you used to put in your veins or that you used to drink, or those old habits, the ways that you used to talk. I'm fine. No, you're not. No, no you're not. That's why we end up constantly where we don't want to be. Because we make decisions in the moment instead of predeciding in advance. And the decisions in the moment oftentimes get us to a place where we are not honoring God. In fact, studies show that people overestimate their ability to resist temptation. They think they're stronger than they really are, and this is something called restraint bias. This is a thing, guys. Restraint bias. You think you can resist more than you can. Restraint bias. It's why there can be a piece of cheesecake in the room, and I can walk past it, and I'm fine. And I can walk past it a second time. But about the third or fourth time I walk past that piece of cheesecake, I'm going to have some on my neck up here, and I don't even know how it got there. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Like I dove head first into that cheesecake. It's good. Temptation gets you that way. You spend enough time around that thing, you're going to get got. You think you can handle it, but you can't. Why is it we overestimate how much we can handle? Well, I, don't, I think it's, some of it comes down to we simply just don't understand ourselves and how our brains work. We just don't understand. We don't understand that resisting temptation takes a lot of energy and a lot of work. If you've ever faced a constant temptation day after day, moment by moment, you're going to understand this clearly, that it takes a lot of strength to say no. In fact, in recovery circles, they talk about no's as if they're a commodity. In other words, you have only so many no's before they run out. You can try to white-knuckle it through your situation. You can try to say, no, I can hang in here. I can be around all this stuff. It's okay, I can handle it, but you can only handle it for so long. Amen. Temptation will get the best of you. Resisting temptation takes a ton of energy, and there's that part of your brain that will wear out. You'll run out of nose, and you'll give in to temptation. Your willpower will start to, to wane, and you'll find, like, you know, you can fight temptation all day long at work and not yell at a person and not yell at people who are irritating you you fight that temptation. But then when you get home, you just let loose on your family, or maybe instead of letting loose in that way, you decide to just, you know, overeat all night long and you know, eat the whole, the whole thing of, of ice cream and not just a few bites or a bowl. Or you'll spend your energy not getting mad at your kids and you'll blow up at your spouse later on that evening. Or willpower is a limited resource. The more you use... The less you have. It's not like a muscle where you're strengthening it every time you use it. No. Sorry, that's not how that works. You are slowly running out of willpower. The devil is coming for you, and you're not as strong as you think. We need to learn to pre-decide so that we can be ready. Everybody say, I am ready. It's good. So today I'm going to give you three keys to fighting temptation. Three keys to fighting temptation, helping you pre-decide how you're going to handle that temptation when it comes your way. And the three keys are simply this. We're going to move the line, we're going to magnify the cost, and we're going to plan your escape. Move the line, magnify the cost, and plan your escape. So let's start off with move the line. Babe, can I have that cup and that pitcher right there for me, please? Thank you, appreciate you. All right. Now, for most of us, especially uh, after we become Christians and new Christians, uh, we're trying to figure out this whole Christian lifestyle. And we want to know where is the line, especially in our dating lives, right? Where, where is the line, Pastor Aaron? What, what can we do? What are we, allowed, are we allowed to hold hands? Are we allowed to snuggle? Can I sleep over? Where, where is the line, right? We want to know where that line is, and I think we're natural uh, pushers when it comes to this. Like I don't know, as a kid, if if your parents tried to explain things to you, we, we're really good at finding the line, aren't we? We're good at finding the loopholes, and we're good at finding the line. But the but the line looks like this: is is we want to get for whatever reason as close to the line as we possibly can without Oh, oh. Well, that was just a little bit. It's not a big deal. We want to get as close to the line as we can without going over. We get closer. Oh, oh, oh. That was just a little bit. Lord, forgive me. It's okay. Just a, little bit, just a little bit more. We get so close to the line, and we live close to that line. And unfortunately, a lot of us start spilling over the line just like my cup is here. So, so what do we need to do? What do we need to do with the line? Why is it like that? Why do we try to get so close to that line? And we don't do this in other areas of our life, do we? We don't get to the, get so close to like a, a poisonous snake. I'm going to see how close to that snake I can get. Come here, snake. Come here, you. I just want to boop you right on the nose, little snake. I'm a snake. I'm a negative snake. Come here, little snake. We don't do that. Right? don't play fast and, and lose with a snake. We don't see how little gas it takes to put in our gas can to get to work. We don't do that. We, we don't say, all right, how upset can I make my wife before she leaves me? Oh, well, we don't play that game, right? No, no, we don't do that. Uh, what's the furthest I can stress a relationship before it breaks? Or how much money can I spend before I break the bank? We don't play fast and lose that way. But when it comes to God and this line of sin, well, we, get, we want to get right up to the line as close as we can. Not touching, not touching, not going over. Whoops, oops, oops, up, I did. God, I know that and I thank you that you're faithful that when I sin and I'm not faithful, you'll forgive me. Because that's how good God is, by the way. I know I'm being silly, but that's true. That's how good God is. But why do we want to stay on that line? Why do we want to push the grace of God? Because we're unwilling to back up a little bit. Why do we do that? We have boundaries in every other areas of our lives. We have limits. But instead of getting as close to the line as we can, I'm going to challenge you today that what we really need to do is move the line. We need to move the line. See, the line is not, is not the top of the glass. The line is actually somewhere else here. There we go. Let's back the line up. Let's do our best to put some distance Between where the line is and when you're over the line. Let's do our best to, to make sure there's distance between us and temptation. For example, if you are somebody who tends to overspend your money on Amazon, oh boy, I boy hit somebody right in the <laughs> right in the fields. Just grab the person in the hand next to you. Grab the hand <laughs> of the person next to you to be gonna be okay, all right? Because what I'm getting ready to say might help you if this is you. <laughs> Maybe you give your password to a friend and, and you're not allowed to click purchase until they put in their password for you. we will go back up the line, right? So the line's not up here, so we're not going to, we're not going to go over. Or maybe, maybe if you're somebody who spends four hours a day on TikTok, <laughs> it is possible, guys. Do you know you can watch TikTok so long that they actually have somebody come on there and go, hey, it's been a while, you probably need to get up and take a walk, you lazy bum. Get something to eat or get something to drink, and then come on back if you want. Like they do. They're like, go outside, talk to a human being. It's this video that plays, and I, what's that? Yeah, it's it's totally shaming you, totally. And and you know what I do when I see that? (laughs) I thought it was a joke the first few times I saw it, you know? First few that night. <laughs> I realized it was true when the sun was rising. You're, oh, anybody ever done that? Yeah, it's a real thing. So instead of watching TikTok for four hours, give somebody your phone and say, hey, set a limit on this. Put a passcode so that I, I can only watch it for 30 minutes a day. Like, hey, that's all I really need. We, we, we're going to change the line. Or instead of, you know, Hey, you go out to the club and you wind up drinking, and you have a little bit too much, and you get you get drunk, and you wind up hooking up with somebody. You're like, oh man, really crossed the line. Instead of instead of saying, well, that was the line there. How about we draw another line and just say we're not we're not going to go clubbing. We're not we're not going to be around there. We're not going to be around all all that environment because that's what led to the other thing, right? You say, well, it sounds restrictive to me, Aaron. To Move this line back from the line of temptation. Really? Rowan, do you mind coming in and help me? Rowan, I I would like to uh, have you just walk from this side of the stage. I'm going to fill this up to the line, okay? Walk from this side of the stage over to the other side of the stage for me, please. Wow. Was that difficult? No, that was pretty easy. That was pretty easy, right? Did you feel like to really restricted by that line? Not really. No. Huh. All right, Rowan. Now, Rowan, we're going to go ahead and fill her all the way up. And uh, I'm going to get her all the way to the top here. Now, I want you to walk at a pace that does not spill that over the line, just to the other side of the stage. Oh, you're going to have some repenting to do later. <laughs> <laughs> All right, give her a round of applause. Good job. No, a minute. Now, now, Rowan, how did that feel? I
1: was really nervous.
0: <laughs> you, felt, you felt really nervous, right? Like you were going to what?
1: Tip it over more than I was already. <laughs> that's right.
0: That's right. Thank you so much, Rowan. I appreciate you. Yeah, so which one felt more restrictive to you? The one without the boundary, with the one where we're right at the line, yeah, thanks babe, I appreciate that. See, it's not restrictive to push the line back, to move the line. What Rowan experienced and what I promise you will experience if you put the line in a different place is freedom. What you'll experience is peace. What you'll experience is, you see how quickly she got back and forth? You want to move about the cabin need to move the line. You want to have some freedom, that's where you'll find it. Beating temptation requires us to adopt an attitude of some can, I can't. Sometimes that is what's absolutely necessary. As we adopt an attitude of some can, I can't because creating ba- barriers between you and sin isn't restrictive, it's freeing. David said this in uh, Psalm 16 verse 6. He said the boundary lines have fallen for me in pleasant places. Surely I have a delightful inheritance. See, let me tell you something, friends. Surrender, which is what it will cost you in order to move that line back, sometimes surrender looks like sacrifice. And we're surrendering to the Lordship of Christ in our lives. Sometimes that looks like sacrifice. We'll move the line. Some can, I can't. And we don't do these things out of obligation. We do them out of love. We do them out of love for God because we want to honor him with our lives. We do it his way, when we do it that way out of love and not out of obligation. In 1 John 5, 3, it says that it's easy. It's not restrictive. His commands are not burdensome to us. And so we need to pre-decide to move the lion. The second thing we need to do to beat temptation is to magnify the cost. Magnify cost the cost. When you are tempted to give in, I'm going to ask you to consider what is at risk if you do? What could go wrong? Or in other words, what is if the worst case scenario comes true? What if you cross the line and the worst case scenario comes through or or, uh, comes true? Excuse me. See, I want to help you be ready. I want to help you move the line, and I'm encouraging you today to imagine the devastation or magnify the cost. What if that action actually causes somebody to be pregnant? What if you lose your loved one's trust? What if what you've done because you've crossed the line, it costs you your reputation? Or it costs you your job, it could cost you your marriage. It could compromise your relationship with your kids. Problem is, is a lot of us think that our crossing of the line, because nobody is around to see it, we think nobody knows. But it's like eating 50 Twinkies a day. Everybody's going to eventually see it on your waistline. (laughs) What you're doing in the dark is eventually going to be seen in the light. Numbers 32, 23 says, you'll be sitting against the Lord, and you may be sure that your sin will find you out. Let me give you a translation of that. Somebody about to know. (laughs) What you've been doing in secret is not going to be in secret for very long. In fact, what's really hilarious is like there were times in my relationship with my kids where they would look at me, and I, I, I had their number, and they were sure they were, I'm not even going to tell you who it was. I'm not even going to point at them. But. <laughs> <laughs> I've got one of three here today. I'm just messing with her. But they, they would go, how, Dad, how in the world do you know that? How did you know that that happened? And I said, Well, you forget. The Holy Spirit dwells inside of me. The Bible is, is true when it says you will be found out. What you do in the dark will be shown in the light. That, that your sins will find you out. And, I, and that's the answer I gave. You, you, you better not mess with me. Holy Spirit tells me stuff about you. <laughs> he does. What's done in the dark always comes into the light. Always. So we magnify the cost. Help, that will help us pre-decide what to do later. So what does it look like to magnify the cost? Well, me and, and, and my, my relationship, if I were to magnify the cost of betraying my, my vows to my wife, for me, um, it would compromise my integrity to, to betray her, to have, have a, an affair. It would, um, well, I know the first thing that would happen when she found out is she would cut me the bigger thing is, because I'm going to heal, is that she's going to lose trust in me, right? Uh, the respect of my children, I lose that. I could hurt a whole bunch of you in this place because, well, if I can't be honorable and can't honor my wife, I'm probably not somebody you want to follow, and since I follow God and You probably don't want to follow God anymore. And all the people that I influence, I would lose trust with or I could crush them. Lose my ministry. Like, you know, we're all two seconds away from stupid guys. Every single one of us. And I'm not just talking to the men in the room. I know I said guys, but I mean like all of us. We're all two seconds away from stupid. And it's important that we understand what's on the other side of those two seconds of stupid. Magnify the cost. So we're going to move the line. We're going to magnify the cost. Imagine what happens if you do, because the devil is going to attack. And when he does, we're going to be ready. Third thing to help you fight temptation today is to plan your escape. This is my favorite part. This is my favorite part. There's a verse here that I have quoted for years that I'm going to share with you in a moment, but has been one of the greatest keys to surviving temptation in my life. You need to decide ahead of time how you're going to get out of that temptation. Decide ahead of time the exit strategy. You know you're potentially going to be in an environment where you ought not be around stuff that you shouldn't be around. You need to decide ahead of time. I remember when I was a young man, we didn't. there's websites now called kidsinmind.com and other websites that it will tell you. So when a rated R movie goes up or any movie goes up, it'll tell you the content of the movie and what you're going to see. But they didn't used to have that. Now you can look up everything and decide whether or not you're going to watch that movie based on on what's in it. You know, well, that's not a lot of filth. I can watch that. You know, you kind of you make a decision. But when I was a kid, we didn't have access to any of that stuff. What you had to do was pre decide that if naked butts came on the screen, your your thing was not I'm going to cover my eyes. Your thing, my thing was. I'm standing up and I'm walking out of the theater. I'm done. It was a risk you took to go see movies, PG-13 or R. I decided if that showed up on the screen, I was out. Because if I sat in that movie theater and I covered my eyes, who's watching me to see that I covered my eyes? But if I get up, they're going to see that I took a stand and I walked out of that place. But if I sit there and I did this, who's watching me to validate and say, yeah, Aaron covered his eyes. Everybody's watching naked butts on the screen. You understand what I'm saying, right? But we have to pre-decide some things that we, we are in the face of temptation how we're going to respond and there's a great story of this from the bible it's about a guy named joseph joseph was a a dreamer what, what a wonderful story it takes up a whole lot of the book of genesis that's the first book in your bible it's a great story full of, of 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 i mean just a lot of drama it's better than anything you're watching on netflix nowadays i promise you anything but in genesis 39 joseph who was sold into slavery by his brothers they didn't like him because his, his dad liked him a lot <laughs> his dad favored him they sold him into slavery and told his dad we, that he got eaten by a wild animal. So nobody's looking for Joseph. And he's in Egypt at a guy named Potiphar's house. And he has so much favor with Potiphar because he, does, he, has, he has God's favor on his life because he lives in a way that is God-honoring. That Potiphar says, here, I'm just going you're a slave, but I'm going to go ahead and give you control of my house while I'm gone. You're, you're, the, you're the next in charge. He didn't name his wife that. He said, you, Joseph are the next in charge here. So Genesis 39 and 6 says that Joseph was a very handsome and well-built young man. And Potiphar's wife soon began to look at him lustfully. Come and sleep with me, she demanded. Now imagine being Joseph for a second, right? Here you are in this different context. You're not in 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 a society or in a culture that honors God. You're in a, in, a, in a society that looks at sexuality in a very different way, in a culture where it probably would not have been a big deal for Potiphar's wife to sleep with the slaves. Okay? Probably wouldn't have been a big deal. Well, so what kind of thoughts would Joseph have had? Well, you know, it's okay to do this because everybody else does it. And, you know, like all the God-fearing and God-honoring people are back, it, it, you know, they're, they're not here. So nobody's going to catch me. Nobody's going to find out. This is an okay thing to do. Or maybe he looked at her and said, well, she's a good-looking woman, and I'm kind of lonely, and, you know, that would be kind of nice to not, to not be single anymore. Or maybe, maybe, you know, he does what a lot of some of us do. Joseph was in an undesirable situation. He was a slave sold in Israel, or in Egypt, far away from his family. And a lot of what we do when we're in situations is, We blame God for something we don't like and say, well, because you didn't do this, I'm going to go ahead and get mine. I'm going to go ahead and enjoy this. I'm I'm, going to get this. It's your fault, God. Many of us do that. Many of us use your disappointments to justify your disobedience. Joseph could have done that. Some of us do that in our lives. We say, well, our spouse isn't meeting our needs, so I'm a good dog, but you got to pet me to keep me on the porch. So I'm going to go roam and just be a dog. Or God let me be in this spot, so I'm I'm going going to live it up. But what Joseph did, his response to her was, how could I dishonor God in this way? And how could I dishonor your husband? He said, nope, I'm not going to sin against God. I'm not going to sin against him. He resisted, and he won. And when he resisted, the birds started chirping and rainbows appeared in the sky. The clouds parted and the sun began to shine and his shackles fell off and he was free. No, it's not what happened. Joseph was relentlessly tempted day in and day out by Potiphar's wife. She hit on him every day trying to wear him down, and that's exactly what the devil was trying to do. You may think Joe was strong, but he wasn't strong. He was ready. He was smart. He was smart enough to pre-plan his escape. Because one day Potiphar's wife came to him and she grabbed a hold of his coat and said, Gotcha, come lie with me. Genesis thirty nine twelve says, But he left his cloak in her hand and ran out of the house he left his coat behind because he just assumed it was better to have a good name than to have a good coat he left it behind he left behind what was holding him down and what would keep him in that spot why because he predecided he was going to honor god himself and his master he predecided if she touches me i'm going to run I'm going to get out of here. And he had an escape route plan because he knew he was not strong enough to resist. He decided he was going to run from it. The New Testament, it tells us, in talking about sexual temptation, Paul wrote to his, his, his protege, Timothy, in 2 Timothy 2, verse 2, he said, run from anything that stimulates youthful lust. He didn't say hang out with it and keep telling it, no, 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 it's fine, no. He said, run, get out of here. There needs to be an Aaron-shaped hole in that wall. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Go through. Get out. And Joseph ran and planned his escape. And here's what I love about God. With God, you'll never be tempted beyond that what you're able to bear. This is what 1 Corinthians 10.13 says. God is faithful. I want to hang out there. That stirs my heart. You don't know what I've been through. You don't know how many times I've been unfaithful, and yet God, he's faithful. God is faithful. God is faithful. He will not let you tempted beyond what you can bear, but when you are tempted, he will also provide a way out so that you can endure it. You know, I imagine this verse. Have ever been on an airplane? Thank you for choosing Delta for all your travel needs. If you'll notice, the exits are here. And here, I'm on those flights, and you know what? I don't care about the rest of the information, but I want to know where the exits are. Why? Because I don't want to be in that death tube as it heads towards the ground. (laughs) I figure I got a better shot of jumping out and landing on something (laughs) than just committing to that little seat belt that's supposed to keep me comfortable as we cruise right on down to my point of impact. That This is dark, Aaron. Yes, I understand that. I understand that. <laughs> but if you've given in to temptation or struggled with temptation for a long time, you understand the value of an exit plan. You understand the value of an escape hatch. And the Bible says no matter when you're tempted, there'll be an escape hatch. You, you'll find a way out. The thing, uh, thing about escape hatches, they're no good unless you choose to get up and use it. Too many of us brace for impact instead of choosing to open that open that door and jump out. Trust that God's got us. It's our responsibility to find the escape hatch because it exists. You must choose. And you don't get to choose in the moment. In the moment, you're gonna mess with all the people who weren't paying attention to where the escape hatch was. When the plane is going down, you're gonna fumble. Don't count on having the emotional fortitude to find the escape hatches in the moment of temptation. Find them before. Know them. Have a plan. Be ready. Be ready. Predecide. Because there's no temptation God hasn't provided an escape for. Predecide that when the devil attacks, and he will, that you're going to be ready. That you're going to predecide to escape that. Because no one plans to mess up, but few plan not to. time to start being honest about where you're vulnerable how's the devil going to attack you is he going to attack you through your pride is he going to attack you uh through your the sin that you justify because you're mad at god is he going to attack you through uh the the financial compromises that you continue to make the moral compromises you continue to make is he going to attack you through the lies that you tell to make yourself look better? Is he going to attack you through giving in to lustful temptation or taking your relationship with God for granted? How does the enemy have access to you? Is it, is it through your group of friends that you continue to compromise your values with? Are you one person at church and another person at home or at work or when you're by yourself? The enemy is going to attack. And what we're going to do is predecide that we're putting distance between ourselves and temptation. Why? Because we aren't that strong, guys. We just aren't that strong. You know, I've, I've promised, made a promise before God, my family, my friends, and to her, that I'm going to be faithful to her for the rest of my life. That means that I have to make some predecisions. I want to kiss her on our 50th anniversary. I jokingly say past that. I don't have any goals, so let's get there, and then we'll, we'll set some. <laughs> but but that, that requires that I behave a certain way. That requires sometimes that I'm, I make some sacrifices. You know, when I travel by myself, one of the first things I do when I get into a hotel room is I call her and I let her know what the scenario is because I've dealt with pornography addiction, and it has ravaged my marriage and destroyed it. And I call her and I say, okay, we've got a television in here or we've got two in here. I'm taking the remote controls down to the front desk right now. I don't want to be alone with the television. I want to be alone with the content that can ruin my heart and my life. So I just I, I even unplug it. I know that's kind of rude to the next guest or whoever, but I'm, you know, somebody can fix it. It's just plugging it in. But, but I, 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 don't, I don't play. My computer and my phone... It's completely locked down. It's quite frustrating at times to be a 43-year-old man and not be able to download an app. It's hard to look at your team and say, "I'm not allowed to have that app on my phone because it's got vulnerabilities in it." It's a little embarrassing, but I don't mind embarrassing my flesh, because you know what I get on the other side of that? Oh, such beautiful peace and freedom. Hmm. My wife has all my passcodes. She, she knows how to access anything and everything I've got. I have no hiding from her. I want that kind of openness. In fact, she gets every, reports of everything that I do. She gets screenshots of it. Sometimes those screenshots are hilarious. They're like, explicit warning, warning. And it's like, you know, an arm. Like, yeah, I didn't really think that was explicit, but that's fine. <laughs> Calm down, covenant eyes. That's the app I use, I attend uh, Sexaholics Anonymous. Talking to my therapist. I'm like, man, the enemy really bangs on this door a lot. Why? I think you need to go and understand yourself. So I started a group. It meets here on Wednesday nights at 6.30. I'm not ashamed to tell you that. I'm protecting me. I'm protecting my marriage. It's a sacrifice that I make that you'll make fun of me or think less of me. Don't care. Don't care. I predecided. I don't have social media. I think it's dangerous. I decided, for me, you can do what you want. We can have a conversation about it if you'd like. But I think it's dangerous. This may sound like it's extreme to you, but you know what? I don't care. I live with so much peace and so much freedom in my relationship with my wife. That's just one of the areas in my life where I have had to make some pre-decisions. I have decided that I am going to beat temptation, that we're going to make it. That we're going to make it. I'm ready. I've pre-decided what I value most, and those values have guided my decision. Pre-deciding means that I don't have to decide in a tough moment. I already know how I'm going to behave, because we're all five seconds from stupid, every single one of us. And I want to know that when I get to stupid how I'm going to respond and how I'm going to act. Here's the question. Why try to resist a temptation in the future if I had the power to eliminate it today? Come on, somebody. Why? I'm ready. I'm ready. The devil's going to attack you. You're not as strong as you think. So move the line, magnify the cost, and plan your escape. Make sure your values are clear because in your decisions will be way, way easier. And when you're tired and you're overwhelmed and you're angry and you're emotional and you're discouraged and you're depressed and you're more vulnerable, those are not the times, my friends, to decide how you're going to behave. Free to decide. So that way your decisions, they just won't be based on the emotions of the moment. They'll be based on what you value most and what God has put in your heart. Amen, everybody? Everybody say, "I'm I'm ready. Let's pray. Father, help us today to be ready. The enemy's coming. He's got a plan, do we? So here's my prayer today for each and every single one of us, Lord. I pray you'd show us our vulnerabilities. I pray that you show us areas where we just continue to fail, to honor you, not so that you can beat us up over it, but so that we can see the lines we need to move. I pray, God, that when we are tempted, we'd magnify the cost, actually walk it out, what happens if I do this? What happens? What's the worst case scenario that happens if I do this for the first time or if I do this again? What happens? Help us to magnify the cost in those moments, to have our wits about us. And I pray, God, that also you would help us in advance once we understand where we're vulnerable, we would have a plan of escape. My goodness. None of us can bear up underneath of temptation that is repeated and the devil is certainly sending an onslaught of temptation our ways continuing to knock on those doors that we have attempted to close to see if they're still unlocked to see if he can get a foothold in our lives so that he can steal and kill and destroy. But Lord, may we be ready. We move the line. We magnify the cost. God, we pre-decide. We predecide where we're going to stand. We pre-decide, God. Help us, Lord. Help us, Lord, to plan our escapes. Give us wisdom in a way like we've never had it before. Open our eyes to see it. But, Lord, I know that there's a certain amount of, of shame that I think we carry from having stepped over that line too much. And if that's where you're at right now, I just want to speak to that in this room. There is no shame in the presence of Jesus. He's not looking to say, gotcha. He's not looking to say, told you so, look what you did. Look at the best you made. That's not Jesus. Jesus never said those words to anybody. What Jesus did was he stretched out his arms. He willingly laid himself down on on a cross to pay a price for your sins so that you didn't have to pay them understanding your humanity, understanding the weight of your life because he was fully man and fully God. He gave his life as a free sacrifice. It cost you nothing to receive forgiveness and salvation and to become a child of God, but it literally cost Jesus everything. The Bible says God loved you so much that he sent his only son. So God is not here to offer you shame today. God is here to offer you freedom and peace, forgiveness, a new start. No matter what, his grace is greater. And so today the invitation is for those of you that maybe find yourself far from God today. Maybe you haven't been in a relationship with him for a long time. Maybe you've never had a relationship with God. But my question today for you is what are you going to do with Jesus You know, he claimed to be the way to heaven and to our heavenly Father. He claimed to be the way, the truth, and the life. And he was either a liar, a lunatic, or Jesus is who he says he is. And that means he is Lord. The invitation today is to receive what he did for you on that cross, to be forgiven, be made brand new to experience a full and fulfilled life like you've never had it before here on this earth in eternity in heaven. And if you're ready to embrace that, to begin that walk as imperfectly as the rest of us do it, would you just slip up your hand and say, Aaron, that's me today. I'm making a commitment today. I'm choosing Jesus to be Lord of my life. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Put your hands down. Thank you. Church, let's pray together. Say, Jesus, I need you. Forgive me for my sins. Fill me with your spirit and make me brand new. Show me how to live for you. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Man, the Bible says that if you prayed that prayer, heaven's having a party. Simple Church, celebrate with those who said yes to Jesus today. Come on.
1: Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode. We hope it has given you hope and helped you know God a little bit more. The goal of this podcast is to reach beyond our walls and connect with people far from God. If you'd like to join us in doing that, there are several ways for you to get involved.